0: Thank you for listening to the Grace Chapel Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Kurt Henman. For more information about our church, visit our website at gracechapel.cc or follow us on social media at Grace Chapel Ohio. Turn in your Bibles this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 2. That'll be our beginning text this morning, and the message is entitled, The Gift of Tongues, uh, Part 3. Now, we've been in a series on the Holy Spirit, and uh, so this is the third part of the, even the section on unpacking the gift of tongues. And you really need the first two in order to understand what I'm talking about today. So if if you haven't, go back and listen, uh, because uh, what I'm sharing uh, today is kind of predicated on... the theology that we've unpacked the last two weeks. and So turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 2. Verse 1, it begins, Pursue love. Now again, we've said over and over again that the greatest evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life is love. Not Not the gifts. The gifts are important. But the more excellent way, Paul says, is love. And so he tells us to earnestly desire the gifts, but he he tells us first and foremost to pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. And so here in verse 14, we see Paul once again telling us that uh, there is an unknown tongue that that people speak. And we've unpacked those passages already. But what I want us to see once again here clearly in verse 2 is that Paul says that the gift of tongues is speaking in a language that the speaker himself does not know. The speaker does not understand. It is an unknown language to him or to her. And so the question comes with that, well, what kind of tongue is it? You know, what kind of language is it then? We'll take a look at chapter 13 verse 1. Chapter 13 verse 1. It says, "If I speak in the tongues of men," now that obviously points to the fact that Uh, It could be a tongue that is presently spoken, presently known, or it could be a tongue or a language that has passed, it's no longer spoken. It could be an ancient language, but the point being that it is a human language, but Paul continues, if I speak in the tongues of men, and of what? Of angels, and so... Paul seems to intimate here that possibly it can be a, an angelic dialect; that it could be a language of angels. And so, we know as you read your Bible, there's a lot of communication going on in heaven. And you know, contrary to popular belief, it's not in King James, right? That's a joke. That's okay. And so, it can be a human language, or possibly and angelic language. Now, when it comes to the gift of tongues, uh, the spiritual gift of tongues is difficult to our intellect because our intellect pushes back against the idea of uttering sounds that we don't understand. It offends us it's an affront to our intellect and so many people sincerely conclude you know because of that you know what's what's the point i, I don't see a purpose in that it insults my thinking i mean why would i speak to god in a language that I don't understand. That seems pointless. That seems fruitless. What, 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 why would I want to do that? I, I, I don't see the point. Well, listen, I, I get that, and possibly that's the way you feel about the gift, and, and uh, Paul certainly understands that, and so he presses into that. And I would just suggest to us if God grants a gift, then there must be something worthwhile in that gift for us. Or otherwise, why would He grant it? And so, with that said, this this is what I want for us. I want us to always be open to everything that God wants to do for us, that we wouldn't close the door on anything that God would want to grant to us to help us to walk this Christian life, that we would say, you know, God, I want everything, but not that. (laughs) You know, God, I'll do anything, but not that. But, but that we would truly come and say, okay, Lord, uh, you know, we, we believe in your word. We believe in who you are. We, we're open, Lord. Lord, take my life. I, I want whatever you have to give to me, and I want to live for you in whatever way you want me to live. And we, we struggle with that, don't we? We like, we like to control the answers to that. And so I just want to encourage us to truly surrender, to truly be open to Him. And and I think one of the main reasons that most people have not received the gift of tongues is that it is such an affront to the intellect, that it insults our thinking. And so then it creates intellectual... Difficulties that that block, that hinder a person's ability to receive that gift by faith. Well, when we're talking about the gift of tongues, I want to unpack. Perhaps it may be helpful to take a look at what the function of language is itself. That is, have you ever you know uh, seen a, a group of people who speak a, a foreign language that you're not familiar with, and you know maybe there's four or five of them and they're having a conversation and and you're observing that and and that's just so fascinating to me to observe because they're having this very meaningful conversation, you know? Very intelligent, meaningful, lively conversation, and yet they are uttering sounds that I don't understand. They, they make no register on my intellect whatsoever. It's It's just gibberish to me. And so ultimately... What we discover and what we know is this, is that language is essentially an agreement with a certain group of people that this certain sound represents this certain idea. And so we've made an agreement here called English, you know, and hopefully the sounds that are coming out of my mouth are conveying the right ideas that God wants conveyed to you but it is an agreement a covenant where we say you know what this sound means this and you can even make up a language you know I was thinking this week you know when I was a kid we we used to talk pig latin did anybody ever do that when you're a kid it's like you know because you had your own little special language that you could have that you know your other friends or your parents didn't understand so But again, my my point being that it's that agreement that, listen, those certain sounds mean these certain ideas. And so, in a similar way, speaking in tongues is an agreement between God and you about certain sounds meaning certain ideas. But it's different in that by faith, by faith, you and I utter certain sounds that come to our mind that we do not understand, but that we trust that the Holy Spirit is prompting to our minds that then we speak and it is words, ideas of praise and worship to God from our spirit unto Him. And we don't understand it, but He does. And so listen, it is a complete act of faith. And listen, our intellect pushes back against faith in every area, does it not? That's why we struggle with everything what God says. Our intellect. Our intellect pushes back against faith and it's no different when it comes to the gift of tongues. Our intellect rebels against it. Our intellect pushes back and says, you know, that's gibberish, that can't be God. God. Now, in certain Christian circles, they have developed traditional ways over time to assist people, to aid people in kind of overcoming these these hurdles and to to help people to, to speak in tongues. And, you know, I've observed these methods over the years, and there are many different variations of them, and... And that sort of thing, but I'll just give you a few uh, quick examples. And you know, like I said, there's variations of them. But one example is, is that they will have you repeat a word over and over again, like glory, 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 or Jesus, 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 Jesus. And you know, if you keep saying that over and over again, at some point you're going to get tongue-tied, and what comes out of your mouth. is going to be a garbled sound that does not sound like the word glory or the word jesus now typically two things happen in that moment one of two things one uh, the people there just jump all over that and they pressure that person just just keep going with that just keep going with that you know and it's this big pressure situation and and, and most of the time, what I've seen is people just do it to get out of there. They just want to leave. They comply to get out. But sometimes, sometimes it does actually free someone's mind up. That gets them out of that headspace, and they do sincerely receive the gift of tongues. Another method that uh people will do is they'll have they'll repeat a phrase, or they'll have the person you know just praise God in English, and while they're doing that they'll lean over and they'll grab their chin and they'll shake it and so what comes out of their mouth is is garbled again they're trying to they're trying to circumvent that intellect, but again that's a very high pressured a little bit too hands on for me, you know. A little bit too coercive, in my opinion. Um, another thing that they will do is some people will speak in tongues and then tell the person to copy them. You know, I, they they speak in their tongue and they, just do it. Do it like me. Cop, cop, copy me. Well, in looking at those. Methods and those practices, I, I would not recommend any of them. In fact, they are all unscriptural. But having said that, there is a key principle that I see in every one of them. A, a key principle that is at work, that, that though these methods most of the time are, do more harm than they do good, They do work every once in a while because of this key principle, and they've they've stumbled upon this key principle. And so every once in a while, it actually works. That is, our greatest difficulty is our intellect, is getting past what we think, because we think we're so smart. But listen, if I am to receive, hear me, this is a general principle, if I am to receive any gift from God, if I am to receive anything from God, it has to be by faith. You are saved by faith. You receive the Holy Spirit by faith. You walk by faith. You receive the spiritual gifts by faith. And I think oftentimes our faith is very passive, if that's possible. That is, we believe in God, you know, he's up there, he's a good guy, and he may do this someday, and, you know, I'll, I'll trust him to take me to heaven, and after all, I'm dead, so what, what, you know, what does it matter? We have this passive faith that, yeah, 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 God's in control, and, and maybe he'll do it. Which is different from active faith. That believes that God is moving now and that He will do it if certain conditions are met. For example, we see in Matthew chapter 9 the encounter that Jesus has with the woman who had the issue of blood for for 12 years. And you know, she just believed in her heart, man, if I can just touch the hem of the robe of Jesus, I'll be healed. I, I know it. And so this woman who was considered unclean and a woman, because her faith was active, she stepped out in that belief into a crowd as an unclean, pushed her way through the crowd, and she reached out and touched the garment of Jesus. And Jesus felt the power go out of him, and she was immediately healed. And Jesus, after calling her out because he wanted to love on her, not because he wanted to shame her, ultimately said to her, your faith, not your intellect, Your faith has made you well. And so what we see in that story is that she believed that this action would help her to receive that which she desired. That is, she she believed if I just reach out and touch his robe that that action of touching his robe increased her faith it activated her faith and thus she received what she desired from Jesus that is I believe she could have just as easily said when Jesus smiles at me that'll be it I'll have what I asked for And so that action becomes a touch point of faith. And so this is the reason and the value, for example, of why we anoint the sick and pray for them as elders. There's nothing special or powerful about the oil itself. It's a touch point of faith. It's something that says, listen, I, I will receive the healing that I'm asking for. I'm, I'm walking in, uh, in congruence with God's promise that I see in his word. And so it becomes that, that touch point where my faith is increased so that my faith receives what God promises for me. It's the same reason why we lay hands on people. There's nothing special about our hands. But when we lay hands on people, it, it gives them a touch point. It increases their faith. I, d- I don't know about you, but when people lay hands on me, I'm encouraged. My, my faith is strengthened. My faith increases. There's, there's something about that. And so full circle, all the way back to those, you know, misguided methods. So even though they're, they're, they're bad and they're not the best, I think what happens for some people is in the, in the midst of that, some of them go, oh, I've got it. And boom, they receive the gift by faith, but it had nothing to do with the method. It had everything to do with the fact that their faith had been activated, they saw, they experienced, and I've got it, and they received it by faith. Turn to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Verses 1 through 5 is what we'll take a look at. Paul's going to say, oh, foolish Galatians, but I feel like I could put my name in there so often. Uh, I I really should have greater faith than I do by this point. (laughs) I'm ashamed I'm not further down the road. Verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed and crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with what? With faith. Are you so foolish Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? That the the, the flesh would be, part of that would be your own thinking. (laughs) Did you suffer so many things in vain, if it indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you Do so by works of the law or by hearing with what? With faith. And so we receive the Holy Spirit by faith. We receive the gifts of the Spirit by faith. We walk in the Spirit by faith. And very specifically here, Paul references the gift. Of working of miracles at work in the Galatian church he mentions later the gift of prophecy now I thought I might share a little bit of my personal testimony with the gift of tongues and hopes that I don't know it might help you uh, Clarify might help you um, to receive it yourself. Quite frankly, I hope all of you receive it. I, I want all the gifts. I don't know about you. I don't. I, I ask for them all. <laughs> well, first off, I would want to share with you that I have spoken in tongues for thirty years. I uh, have had the gift of tongues almost all of my. Christian life. And and listen, you would not know that unless I told you. Well, why? Because the gift of tongues is for personal devotions. Prophecy is for public worship. And, And I am super, super sensitive about the gifts being used in the wrong way. And so listen, when I see pastors on a stage speaking in tongues in front of everybody, trying to prove that they're in the Spirit, trying to prove that the Spirit is moving in the room, that grieves me. And I just don't want any part of that. Well, the other thing you need to know when it comes to the gift of tongues in my life is that I didn't want it at first. (laughs) I I started with that. I I was offended by the gift of tongues. I I didn't want it. I wrongly told God. I I want everything but that. I don't want that. I've watched people do that. That's weird, man. (laughs) I don't see the point of that. That's, That's just weird. I don't want that, Lord, I love you, but yeah, that's that's for somebody else. don't don't give that to me. But listen, then the Lord took me on a journey into the Word of God for myself. I, I had to go through early on in my Christian walk, just you know, taking in all the experiences that I saw and all the experiences of other teachers and that sort of thing, I had to kind of go through that stage. and Then I had to go through the stage where now I'm opening up the word and I'm asking the Holy Spirit to speak to me directly. And so I began a journey of opening up the scriptures myself and, and what I discovered was something very, very different. I began to see a Holy Spirit that wasn't anything like what I saw in the church. I began to see who he really was and and what he was really like, and what the fruit of him really looked like and and what the genuine gifts were really for and and what they should look like. And it wasn't anything like what I was seeing in the church. Around me, and so you know uh, that that process is what I have been taking us as a church through, right? That same study I've been trying to take what God taught me and to reveal to you. Listen, this is who the Holy Spirit is. This is what He's really like. This this is what the genuine thing feels like, looks like. And so I, ultimately, I had to repent of my attitude uh towards god i mean you know rejecting god's goodness quenching the spirit blaspheming him basically you know basically in pride thinking i'm smarter better than other people i was more intellectual you know i knew greek i knew hebrew and uh, i don't know what they're talking i had to repent and uh, once I did, uh, the Lord gave me that gift. And and um, ultimately, uh, in repenting, I had to realize that I, I was reacting to the abuses that I had seen and experienced. And many in this room know what I'm talking about. Re- the reason I'm bringing it up. I had to repent because I wasn't really engaging with the Holy Spirit. I I didn't know God's Word well enough. I didn't know who the Holy Spirit was well enough. I had to repent of that because I was just reacting to all the abuses I'd seen and watched and and experienced. And, And I had allowed Satan to take carnal Christians, fleshly, people and counterfeit gifts to wound me to wound my heart to close my mind to the genuine work of the Holy Spirit I was not open to it and so once I repented of that uh, the Lord did grant me the gift but um, I I wasn't done yet (laughs) I I still wrestled with some things. I, I still wrestled with reprogramming my mind. And it was a process because every time I would begin to operate in this gift, I would think of what I saw on TV. I would think of what I saw over there and I'd be like, ah, ah, ah. no, 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 you know. That, that's not about Jesus. That, that's not the Holy Spirit. You know, it's like I had to reprogram myself according to God's Word. I had to let the Word of God wash my mind so that when I was in that place, I was actually responding rightly, not to an incorrect view. And so it took some time. But in addition to that, I was, I was also embarrassed by it. It, it embarrassed me it did offend my intellect. And so there was a process of me, you know, getting over myself. And so gently, you know, the Lord's so gentle, isn't he? Gently, the Lord would just keep prodding me. And I would speak in tongues for a while, and then I'd quit for a while. And I'd speak in tongues for a while, and I'd quit for a while, because I'm I'm processing this. I'm trying to get in the place where the only thing that I'm in is in a place of worship and I'm not thinking about any goofy ideas and I'm not thinking about anything except for being in a place of worship and so it was a process for me and but the Holy Spirit's so kind, you know but the, te- the devil does throw temptations at you. He-, he will, if you go down this road, he'll say, yeah, you're dumb, you're stupid, you're foolish, quit it. That's just you, that's nonsense. By the way, you know that's the Holy Spirit when he talks that way. The devil accuses and shames. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak that way. But God wasn't in a hurry. It's not like the gift of tongues is going to make or break you. And he just gently kept prodding me down the road and until I got to the point where, you know what, now the gift of tongues is just this beautiful, restful, encouraging, edifying experience. I I just don't have any of those intellectual barriers. I just don't have any of those goofy ideas in my head anymore. And I can just, I can be free in it. But. It didn't happen overnight, so I, I hope that may be helpful to some of you. Now, I would say that um, some of the great spiritual benefits uh, for me, for tongues in my life, and this not necessarily all of them per se, uh, but one of the great spiritual benefits uh, for me, the gift of tongues has been for me, is uh, when I'm tired, man. Listen, when I'm tired, my mind is tired, my heart is tired, the gift of tongues is an unbelievable blessing in my life. Because I can worship God when I have zero gas in the tank. I mean, the needle's pegged empty and below, right? <laughs> and, and I can just worship God, and I don't have to worry about what I'm thinking I can just worship Him, and and I am so edified and restored. I mean, physically, understand when when I do so, and I say I'm edified, spiritually, mentally, physically, I walk away from it. Phil, huge benefit. A second one is closely related to that, and. I, I'm sure you can relate. Oftentimes, I, I find myself, um, you know, after I've laid out all my requests before God, it's like, you know, at some point I I just think, Lord, I gotta quit talking. I I don't even know what's right. <laughs> you know, I I'm not sure. You know, you you let me ask and and you care and you choose to answer my desires and I'm so grateful for that. But ultimately, I don't know what's best. I. I I don't know what your will is. You know all things. You know what is best. And and so one of the great things about speaking in tongues is I I can kind of relax after all that and just kind of speak in tongues and worship God and know that when I do, that everything I'm saying is according to the will of God. And there is a great peace of mind that comes upon you in that sort of scenario. Uh, from the gift of tongues. A third benefit, um, perhaps one, well, I'm, I've never heard anybody teach on this one. Uh, somebody probably has. That means nothing other than I haven't heard it, okay? But um, it's been a big benefit in my life. And that is, it's been a huge weapon in the battle for the mind huge weapon in conquering the battle of the mind and keeping my thoughts on Christ and capturing every idle thought and bringing it into subjection to Jesus. That is, I don't know about you I didn't grow up a Christian and that well I grew up a nominal Christian. We, <laughs> we were we were we CE Christians, you know what that is? Christmas and Easter, yeah. But I, I grew up, you know, and it was just, uh, my, my life was about one dopamine hit after the next, right? My, my life was all about not being bored. You know, it was one movie, one event, one, one party, one, one this, 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 just, I just didn't want to be bored 24-7. So one of the things that happened for me when I received this gift early on is that I began to pray in tongues, and that allowed me to fill my mind with the presence of Christ. And all those thirsts, all those things that were a part of my life just broke off of my life. The Spirit began to enrich my body, it's physical too, my body, my mind, and my spirit. And I would say this to you, and I, I, I mean it, if you struggle with addiction, if you struggle with depression and anxiety, if you struggle with just thinking about yourself way too much, or you, know, you want to take those idle thoughts captive, Listen, the gift of tongues can be very, very powerful in your arsenal to do that. It has transformed my thought life, along with the Word of God. Those two things. You need to hide the Word of God in your heart, and you need to walk in the Spirit. You know, being filled with the Word and being filled with the Spirit have the same fruit. I showed you that in Ephesians and Colossians, or maybe that was the men. I think I showed the men that, but they work together. Well, the question comes, how do we receive the gift of tongues? And and I would just say it's pretty much the same as the language that you speak. There's a thought or a word that comes to your mind and then you vocalize it. And so when it comes to the gift of the Spirit, there's a sound that comes to your mind. Listen, that you don't understand. But that you vocalize, trusting that it is the Holy Spirit that prompted that sound in your mind. You, you speak it. Now, here's the deal. Some people, you know, I talk to you about all those abuse methods. They don't like those, and so they'll just sit there and say, well, if God is going to give me the gift of tongues, I'm just going to sit here until He does it. No, that's the other extreme. That's, that's not faith. Okay, there's, there's the abuse, and then there's like, you know, God's got to unanchor me. <laughs> no. no. You need to speak in faith. You, you need to move your mouth. Faith steps out. Faith acts. And so that's what you do. And listen, at first your intellect will push back. It will. And so you just keep speaking in faith. And you may have a process like I did, and that's okay. And the other thing I would say, don't, don't be thrown off if at first it sounds super repetitive. That gets criticized a lot, but that's really kind of nonsense. Number one, you're just starting, but number two, oftentimes your heart is repetitive. That Oftentimes in your heart, you're just simply saying, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, or holy, 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 holy are you, Lord. That's pretty repetitive. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't let that throw you off. And so listen, ultimately, I won't force you. I won't use any of those methods. But you do have to speak. You pray and you speak. And, and listen, it may happen the first time you do it. You may have to ask for it more than once. And if he doesn't give you this gift, again, it's not the only way to pray in the Spirit. We talked about that. That's why you needed to be here before this one. Because you can pray in the Spirit through groans. But if you would like it, then you ask for it and then you step out in faith and utter whatever sounds that the Holy Spirit brings to your mind. Now, today, if you would like myself or Kenny, where are you at, Kenny? Kenny Barkin, he's an elder here. He speaks in tongues as well. We're going to go to that side room right there. And if you desire for us to lay hands on you, and pray that you receive the Holy Spirit, that gift of tongues, and then we will do so. And again, there's nothing special about our hands other than our, our wives love us. But, um, but that it's a, it's a touch point of faith. It's, a, it's a, a point to activate your faith. And so you don't have to do that. You can do it on your own. Uh, but we'll be back there, and, and listen, we'll, we'll gently encourage you to, to speak it, uh, but we're not going to we're not going to sweat over you for hours. We're not going to grab your chin. We're not going to force anything. Okay, so there's there's no no, no goofiness or weirdness, and um, just us praying, you speaking, and if and if it happens, great. If not, try it again later. Uh, and that sort of thing. So as the I'm gonna pray, and then as the band plays the last song, if you're interested, or when I'm done with praying, you exit over there, that's where I'm going, while the rest of the congregation sings, well, we'll head to that side room. So let's pray. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more sermons like this, visit us online at Gracechapel.cc